Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do terrific work. They take care of our air conditioning, and uh, you can give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guest Scott Baer. He's the CEO of the Community Pregnancy Clinics. Esther Lully is the director of Senior Center at Golden Gate. I have some terrific things going on for seniors. Also, Dr. Zudi Jasser. Dr. Jasser is the president of American Islamic Forum for Democracy, former U.S. Navy lieutenant commander and host of the Blaze Radio program, uh, Reform This. Uh, we'll be visit- visiting him about the threat of uh, jihad here in America. We'll also visit with Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture, and author of many books, his latest, Architectures Beyond Boxes, and Boundaries, My Life by Design. Terrific read. I just uh, finished it a couple of weeks ago. It is September the 9th, and on this day in 1956, the king of rock and roll teamed up with TV's reigning variety program as Elvis Presley appeared on the Ed Sullivan Show for the first time. After earning big ratings for the Steve Allen Show, the Dorsey Brothers Stage Show, and the Milton Berle Show, Sullivan finally reneged on his Presley band, signing the controversial singing star to an unprecedented $50,000 contract for three appearances with 60 million viewers or 82% of the TV viewers at the time. Tuning in, the appearance garnered the show's best ratings in two years and became the most watched TV broadcast of the 1950s. Although the Ed Sullivan Show was filmed in New York, Presley performed remotely from CBS's Los Angeles studio. He was filming his first movie, Love Me Tender, at the time. At the time, his first uh, album, Elvis Presley, had been uh, debuted on the Heartbreak Hotel. It uh, it was a hit, a single, but he wasn't quite yet the king. On the variety show, Presley, then just 21 years of age, was introduced by British actor Charles Lawton, who was uh, filling in for Sullivan that night. As the legendary host was at home recovering from a serious car accident, Presley performed Don't Be Cruel, Little Richard's Ready Teddy, and Hound Dog, and viewers got a full head-to-toe look at the singers despite fears of vulgar, hip-shaking gyrations. My, how times have changed. He also sang Love Me Tender, according to Variety, for the first time in the history of the record business, a single record achieved one million sales before being released to the public. Can you believe that? Presley's clad in black uh, plaid jacket told the audience performing on the show was probably the greatest honor I've ever had in my life. Before kicking off with Don't Be Cruel, he said thank you, ladies, to the screaming fans and introduced Love Me Tender as a completely different from anything we've ever done. During his second segment, Presley sang Ready Teddy and Hound Dog. Lawton's closely, uh, closing remarks that night, well, what did someone say? Music hath charmed to soothe the savage beast. When it was over, parents and critics, as usual, did a lot of futile grumbling as the vulgarity of the strange phenomenon that must have somehow be reckoned with, a reviewer of Time magazine wrote. During a second performance on October the 28th, 1956, Presley once again performed Don't Be Cruel and Hound Dog along with Love Me Tender. And during his third and final performance on the Ed Sullivan Show on January the 6th, he sang seven songs, including the gospel song Peace in the Valley, over three segments, but but the episode in, is most fam- famously remembered for TV censors refusing to show Presley <laughs> below the waist. At the end of the performance, however, Presley uh, Sullivan called Presley a real decent, fine boy. We've never had a pleasanter experience on our show with a big name like we've had with you. Elvis Presley getting his start on the Ed Sullivan Show. Oh, I can so remember that so well, watching those live performances. And uh, the girls in the audience just going absolutely crazy. It was incredible. Rock and roll was born. Well, on Thursday, Queen Elizabeth II was pronounced dead at the age of 96, as I'm sure you all know You know that now. The queen who celebrated his, her platinum jubilee this year, marking 70 years of the kingdom's monarch, passed surrounded by family in her Scottish estate Balmoral. 
uh, public concerns regarding the Queen's uh, health were raised on Thursday after Buckingham Palace released a statement saying that following further evaluation this morning, the Queen's doctors have concerned for Her, Her Majesty's health and have recommended she remain under medical supervision. The statement added that the Queen remained comfortable at the Balmoral. The announcement from Buckingham Palace came after the Queen pulled out of a meeting with her Privy Council on Wednesday with doctors strongly recommending she get some rest. As explained by the Washington Post, 73-year-old Charles, Prince of Wales, is set to take the Queen's place as King of the United Kingdom, a title not seen since the death of Queen Elizabeth's father, King George VI. Next in line to the throne is Prince William, son of Prince Charles, and Prince Diana, who tragically passed in the car accident in 1997. As news of the Queen's ill health spread, family members traveled to her side at Balmoral, including Prince Charles and Camilla, uh, who will become a... Well, I forgot now. Anyhow, Duchess of uh, Cornwall, uh, Prince Harry, who traveled solo with his wife Meghan Markle not joining him, despite the two being in the country at the moment, and Prince William, who had been traveling solo at his, as his wife Catherine, Duchess of Cambridge, remained home with their three children. The Queen is previously dece uh, deceased by her longtime husband, Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh, uh, who passed away in 2021 at the age of 99. The two married in 1947, with the Queen ascending to the throne at 52. King Charles III released a statement on Thursday after passing of his mother, uh, Queen Elizabeth II. The death of my beloved mother, Her Majesty the Queen, is a moment of greatest sadness for me and all members of my family, the statement begins. We mourn profoundly the passing of a cherished sovereign and a much-loved mother. I know her loss will be deeply felt throughout the country, the realms and the commonwealth, and by countless people around the world. During this period of mourning and change, my family and I will be comforted and sustained by our knowledge of the respect and deep affection of which the Queen was so widely held, he concluded. So we now we have uh, King Charles III, who is taking uh, over as uh, the monarch in Britain. Following the death of the long-reigning Queen Elizabeth II, former President Donald Trump took to his social media platform, and he said, Melania and I are deeply saddened to learn of the loss of his, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. Together with our family and fellow Americans, we send our sincere condolences to the royal family and to the people of the United Kingdom during this time of great sorrow and grief, he said, noting the Queen's historic, remarkable reign. Now, uh, Joe Biden and his handler, Dr. Jill traveled across town to sign the condolence book for Queen Elizabeth at the British Embassy in D.C. Joe was so <laughs> incapacitated that his handlers had to write out down something for him. You can actually see this. C-SPAN actually uh, taped a video of uh, him signing. And you can see he's got with him a little card to what he's supposed to write there. You just can't make this stuff up. So our incapacitated uh, President Joe Biden. On Thursday, Florida Surgeon General Joseph Lopato shared his exercise routine on Twitter to encourage healthy living. Uh, his daily routine includes a run or swim at 6 a.m. He said, being outdoors and getting my body moving helps me stay healthy and energized all day. Governor Ron DeSantis appointed Lopato as Florida Surgeon General and Secretary of Florida Department of Health in September of 2021. The Florida Department of Health had launched an initiative last year calling Healthier You for Floridians to access resources to promote healthy lifestyle. It is recommended that uh, to a variety of types of physical activity you do during the week, they advise about 150 minutes of moderate and vigorous activity or 75 minutes of vigor vigorous activity only. Great to see. Uh, he he's a and it came as an endowed professor from UCLA. Now, endowed professors typically don't give up their uh, professorships, and, and uh, so he decided to do that to come to Florida. And I think he's been a terrific, steady voice in terms of public health since he arrived. Well, the anticipated theatrical film My Son Hunter has opened to rave reviews. He's created over 4.5 million cross-platform views and climbing. It's a bombshell story about Hunter Biden's laptop from hell that the establishment media and big tech censors did not want the American people to see, and still don't. So I'm just encouraging you to, we're going to be watching it this weekend, maybe tonight. My Son Hunter is available at mysonhunter.com, mysonhunter.com. Also, just a reminder that uh, sizzledining.com is the location where you can find out 
the restaurants participating in the fixed-price lunches and dinners, not only giving the restaurants, but also the menus that they're offering between the 8th yesterday and the end of, I believe it's at the end of September. Well, the U.S. Department of Justice on Thursday appealed uh, a federal judge's decision to grant former President Donald Trump's request to appoint a special master to review the documents seized by the FBI agents from his Mar-a-Lago estate. U.S. District Judge Aline Cannon granted Trump's request on Monday after weighing concerns raised by both Trump and the DOJ attorneys. Judge Cannon said the court was mindful of the need to ensure at least the appearance of fairness and integrity under the extraordinary circumstances presented in order to be appointing a special master. Judge Cannon also included an order that temporarily enjoins the government from reviewing and using the seized materials for investigative purposes. Well, Judge, do you really trust them to, to abide by that? I would not. But nevertheless, in an appeal... DOJ attorneys doubled down on their argument that the documents seized from Mar-a-Lago were not Trump's personal records, giving him no right to possess them. Government lawyers also requested a partial stay of Judge Cannon's order while the appeal is, is appending. Moreover, the government and the public are irreparably injured when a criminal investigation of matters involving risk to national security is enjoined, a DOJ ar- uh, attorneys argued. Trump criticized the DOJ for using taxpayer funds to appeal Judge Cannon's order in a post-truth social, certainly after the DOJ filed its appeal. Well, the DOJ is just, I don't know what, they are, uh, it's just so distasteful that they would appeal this. President Trump certainly has his rights, and they just seem to have no respect for his rights whatsoever. So now the FBI and Biden Department of Justice leakers are going to spend millions of dollars and vast amounts of time and energy to appeal the order of the uh, raid of Mar-a-Lago document hoax by a brilliant, courageous judge whose words of wisdom rang true throughout our nation. Instead of fighting the record-setting corruption and crime that is taking place right before our eyes, they spied on my campaign, lied to FISA court, told Facebook quiet, preside over worst crime wave ever, that according to Trump's uh, truth uh, post. Trump also accused the government of planting fake evidence. Uh, they leak, lie, plant fake evidence, allow the spying on my campaign, deceive the FISA court, raid and break into my home, lose documents, and then they ask me as the 45th president of the United States to trust them, to, uh, Trump added. Look at the IG report on Comey, McCabe, and others. Things are safer in the middle of Central Park, he said. <laughs> Uh, Pursuant to the judge order, uh, Trump's legal team must submit a list of proposed special master candidates along with an outline of their duties and limitations by Friday. That would be uh, today. What a sad state of affairs that we have that uh, the DOJ and FBI have been so politicized right, and weaponized uh, by the Democrat Party. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Scott Baer, CEO of the Community Pregnancy Clinics. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time.
Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform, and I hope you'll visit the website, choicesocial.us. You can also download the app there, choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Dr. Zudi Jasser. Right now we have with us uh, Scott Baer. He is the uh, press CEO of the Community Pregnancy Clinics. Uh, Scott, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Bob. It's great to be with you. Thank you, Scott. Tell us about the community pregnancy clinics. Yes, so we are the largest group of pregnancy clinics in the state of Florida, from Naples all the way up to Gainesville at the University of Florida, and we're one of the oldest, uh, starting in 1974, providing uh, pregnancy services to women around the state of Florida, um, offering them pregnancy tests and ultrasounds and three years of material assistance and counseling and, and so on, but it goes on. Um, it's a much longer list, but it's all for free. And we provide those services free of charge to help women through crisis pregnancy. Well, of course, it's not free. You can <laughs> depend on depend on your donors. And I've been just a part of this for several years now, and it's just really inspiring to see these young families and these babies that, uh, you know, uh, the context would be that for most of these unwanted pregnancies that uh, – these women don't know where to turn. It's just a really a difficult crisis for them in their lives, many times rejected by their families or, uh, you know, not knowing where to, what to do, what, where to go. And you provide that loving hand to provide support in so many different ways. You, you know, you, you said something very important there, that most women don't know what's available to them mm-hmm. in their local area. It's up to 80% if you ask the average woman in any community in the United States what's available to them in the world of not only crisis pregnancy, but maternity homes and um, economic assistance. Many don't know. So we, uh, you know, in addition to the services we provide, um, also link them to the community resources that are available, that are waiting to help, whether it be churches and uh, other nonprofit groups that are there to help women. And if they realize that they have that help available, they're more likely to to choose life for their baby and, and, and start a family. Yeah, very inspiring work that you do. So uh, how, i ask you an open-ended question here. How has life changed since the Supreme Court decision uh, nullifying Roe v. Wade? Yes, things are moving quickly here in the state of Florida. As you know, you know we have the 15-week ban right now. Um, and I will tell you the talk on the ground here in the state of Florida is after the election, uh, there will likely be a, uh, a special session called and further legislation uh, moving along the lines of some of the more uh, kind of conservative states that have, uh, have have like you know more stringent bans, either a six week or even a total ban. Um, and so that's on the um, that's on the forefront. And because right now Florida has become a destination state for abortion, and we've actually seen an increase wow. of abortions here in the state of Florida. Unfortunately, because most abortions happen before. 15 weeks. Uh, so you have Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Louisiana, South Carolina, um, you know, women coming to Florida as a destination state, not for the beaches, but unfortunately, you know, to have their abortions. And that's something I think Governor DeSantis certainly uh, doesn't want to be seen as, uh, you know, not uh, strongly pro-life, which he is. And I think, again, after November, we'll see more of a movement. But, you know, but either way, we're going to keep on serving the women that we serve and the men as well, uh, because, you know, we're not going to be able to stop abortion overnight, uh, but certainly, you know, each and every life that we help bring into the world is a way to 
kind of stop abortion, you know, for those individuals. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, uh, there's been attacks, unwarranted attacks by people like Elizabeth Warren and others who are, you know, I would imagine you have to deal with this uh, crisis management, so to speak, of attacks against great organizations like yours. You know, I guess here in the state of Florida, we're not seeing a lot from the ground floor up. You know, there's the Jane's Revenge threats of the summer. Uh, That's kind of passed. But I'm more concerned about some of the governmental and maybe big tech, uh, you know, laws and uh, policies that are being put in place. You know, harassment uh, from a technological standpoint where we're getting lower um, algorithms uh, to help uh, not help us Mm -hmm. be promoted on Google Ads and other uh, tech platforms. So that's probably the bigger area of harassment that we're seeing. And it kind of, um, you know, you see these uh, companies that are paying for abortions for their employees, uh, which is largely an economic decision, right, because it's cheaper to provide that abortion than it is to provide uh, the health insurance that it takes to bring a life into the world and beyond. So I think that's probably the cultural reality that we're facing here that's even a bigger I think, obstacle. Well, thank you, Scott. So uh, one of the things that that I'm aware of is that you have a program around campuses to help educate young people about... uh, about the uh, well, the, the the situation they could create. In other words, to have kind of preventive education for young people. Absolutely, that's our share program, our sexual health and relationship education program. So we know that most Planned Parenthoods, eight out of ten, are within walking distance of a college or university. So we need to be where the women are, and that's fifteen to twenty-four year old women uh, on school campuses. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, educating them about making healthy decisions which is, we, we feel, is a great way to be, as you said, preventative and proactive uh, in not only stopping an abortion from happening after birth, but maybe, you know, kind of helping prevent that unwanted pregnancy. And, uh, you know, and women are being lied to all the time from the left, and, you know, the reality is that it's the sexualization is the funnel, the sales funnel, and then you have the reality that abortion is their product. And unfortunately, our sons and daughters in the college campus uh, world are the uh, are the clients that the, that they're looking for. So okay. we're really trying to go with education, be proactive, help young people make great decisions and lead healthy lives and uh, we feel that's a great way to kind of approach that pro-life cause which is, you know, not extreme as we're being called. In fact, uh, I would call some of the tactics of the left uh, the real extreme measures that we're seeing in this world today. And you know, as I think at the last time we we spoke, you called it evil and Certainly, that's being unmasked today. Uh, we saw Joe Biden appoint a former Satanist yesterday to the uh, monkeypox uh, uh, czar level. So we see this reality of uh, Satanism coming in that's really kind of extreme. And so oh. I, I kind of take offense to that being called extreme as pro-life, you know, from the left. Absolutely, Scott. So you have an event coming up soon. We do. Uh, September 13th, this upcoming Tuesday at St. John the Evangelist Catholic Church. It's our effort to bring together pastors and pro-life leaders and really anybody who uh, is involved or wants to be involved in the pro-life movement to kind of connect, um, you know, the women and men we serve to the resources that are available. So really energize the churches, but also anybody who wants to be involved. So we'll have a number of organizations represented and just coming together and kind of talking about what we can do in this post-Roe world. So where can we go to find out more? Yes, if you go to supportcpci.com slash forward slash events, that's supportcpci.com forward slash events, you can register there. Sounds good, Scott. And by the way, when you go to the website, uh, make a contribution. Again, this work is just so important. And uh, fortunately, you have a lot of people who've supported for many, many years. And it's just uh, great to see, especially going to some of these events and seeing these babies and these families. It's just... Just amazing. Scott, I just really appreciate you you coming on the show. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Bob, and have a blessed day. You as well. Thank you, Scott. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with uh, Esther Lully. She is the director of the Senior Center, Golden Gate, that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the uh, Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. 
Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratisfell Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with the Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best and also building a beautiful 44,000-square-foot performing arts center in downtown Naples. You can find out more and get tickets by visiting golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Professor Larry Bell. Right now, we have with us Esther Lully, Director of the Senior Center at Golden Gate. Esther, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. Good morning to everyone and all your listeners. Thank you, Esther. Tell us about the Senior Center at Golden Gate. Well, my pleasure. The Senior Center in Golden Gate is the place to be if you're a senior 60 years and older, that's for sure. Um, Our center opened up in 2014, and pretty much our goal is to work with other organizations so we can help to address the need of older adults and caregivers in Collier County. And with that, we're open Monday through through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., and we have a variety of programs to serve over 1,700 members um, of ours, and we have 10 weekly programs. Um, What's really well known at our center is the Hot Lunch Program. We partner with the county, and that serves over 100 hot lunches to seniors in need weekly. We partner with Meals of Hope Food Pantry, along with Harry Chapman Food Bank, and we have various activities, whether to help our seniors stay actively fit, socially engaged, And we have programs such as the direct assistance, which is a one-time financial assistant, to help them with whatever need they have. We pay directly to our vendors. And we also have an upslide program, which um, helps to address isolation and depression in the elderly. And we offer individual counseling. So, Bob, we are loaded with services for our seniors. Well, and these services are so important because, again, uh, loneliness, isolation, these are the problems that uh, create real health problems and and, and, uh, psychological and mental well-being as as a result so what you offer is just a turret that's like a lightning lightning rod for people to maintain their lives build direct relationships i don't know about you but as i get older i start to lose more and more of my friends who are passing away or becoming very ill uh it's just a natural process to be to be uh isolated so this is such an important uh resource here in Cuyahoga county Yes, absolutely. And with our program and services, we encourage our seniors and we just refer to them that life doesn't have to be this way. You know, uh, the remaining the remaining days of your life can be, you know, fulfilled with friends and encouragement and great support. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think I saw on the Naples Daily News that you got a nice grant recently. Yes, absolutely. That is true. We've just been awarded a $1 million in state funding to remodel and add space um, to our center. Commissioner uh, Bert Sanders has just been a great partner um, with our center. They believe in our vision and our mission. So it's a great time to be backed up by the county, that's for sure. Yeah. So uh, how can people get involved? If uh, Either, number one, of course, to, to attend or go to the center. Do you need to make a reservation or, and, uh, or even make a contribution? Absolutely no. Our services are free. 
um, and that's for all of our members. Uh, someone who's looking to seek more information can certainly come in. Our address is 4898 Coronado Parkway, um, located in Golden Gate, or they can simply give us a call at 239-252-4534, and they can most certainly visit our website, of course, call your senior center um, to get more information. So those are the three ways that people can get in touch with us. And by the way, if I'm not mistaken, I think I saw that you've got some great tech training programs for seniors. Yes, we do. Uh, Typically, that is hosted once a month on Thursdays. And this is the opportunity because of everything that's going on around us. Hackers are getting more savvy. And unfortunately, many of our, our seniors are not that you know, efficient when it comes to using technology. So we're aware of that. So we want to help protect them from cyber attack and falling, you know, for scams um, to protect their self-identity. So they can certainly come on over. They don't even need to register for this course. Um, They can come um, and we'll make the announcement on our calendars that we put on our website on a monthly basis. So they can learn about technology, how to use their devices, and also how to be savvy to look out for cyber attacks. Yeah. And uh, for example, tech training, that's not the only thing you have a number of activities going on oh my goodness yes we do we have yoga we have we have zumba we offer art classes and fiber classes we do help screening put on educational session but two of our biggest and much well-known program is our direct assistance program as i made mention earlier and this is this right here, I'm seeing it every day when I'm writing out the checks to the vendors, seniors that are coming that's living on a fixed, you know, or low income, really. And they're just struggling, you know, having to make the decision whether to pay rent, as of course, as we know, the affordable house issue that's happening right now, or to pay for their medication, you know, Bob. So it's a real strain on our, our seniors, which could cause an emotional impact, and we have great partners around the community that helps us to be able to fund them and alleviate this burden. And also we have the upslide program, as I made mention earlier. Um, It's for ladies, but we're starting to have some attraction for men too, um, which is great for mental health because that's often a taboo topic when we talk about seniors, but they can join us on Wednesdays and meet a group of about 40 plus women. And also uh, we offer individual counseling. That is one, of course, they'll have to sign up with the therapist for, but we are loaded again with resources to help not only our seniors, but to alleviate the burden from the caregivers. Now, you think about the inflation, the cost of fuel, energy, all the things that are going on, isolation, that there's a lot of pressure on seniors right now. And uh, this is the kind of support they can use. Uh, Esther, if you'd be so kind, could you give us again the website and how can we support you? Absolutely. Our website is www.callyourseniorcenter.org. Org. And also, for anyone who is uh, in a benevolent spirit who can't support us, um, just a simple $500 donation provides one low-income senior an entire year of services, free of charge, and that includes a daily hot lunch, Bob, wow. um, and access to the weekly food pantry, and also um, full complement of programs, as you educational classes, entertainment, and fun. So, again, th- these are the ways that um, we can have help, but definitely word of mouth, letting the community know that the center is there to help meet their needs. Um, it's the biggest support that we can get. org is the website. org. Esther, you're doing God's work. We really appreciate everything that you're doing for the community, and we appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for the support, and thank you to all your listeners. Have a great day. You as well. Thank you, Esther. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting uh, with Dr. Zudi Jasser. He's just a fascinating man. He's uh, He wrote a book called the, the Battle for the Soul of Islam. I read the book. It is fantastic. Uh, and uh, the issue that we're concerned about, of course, is jihad, about uh, the the American Islamic Forum for Democracy is an organization that he founded. He's also a former U.S. Navy lieutenant commander. He has his own uh, podcast, Reform This, on iTunes. He's also the founder of Take Back Islam and co-founder of the Muslim Reform Movement. So he's making a tremendous contribution to the community. He's a medical doctor in Phoenix, Arizona, so he's going to be up at an early hour to visit with us. We're going to be doing that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to visit with Professor Larry Bell. Right now we have with us Dr. Zudi Jasser. He's the president of the American Islamic Forum for Democracy. Uh, He's a former U.S. Navy lieutenant commander. He hosts the uh, Blaze Radio podcast, Reform This, and also an author of a terrific read, a battle for the soul of Islam. Dr. Jasser, thank you so much for joining us. It's great to be with you, Bob. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure, Dr. Jasser. I thought it'd be really a great time to have you on the show because right now we're coming up on the anniversary of 9-11, and that was kind of the beginning of uh, the awareness of the whole jihad movement and what's happening with regard to uh, uh, the the attack and the, the terrorist attacks in America. We want to get your thoughts. Yeah, I have to tell you, uh, you know, my last podcast was about how the jihadists are are doing, still doing victory laps out of uh, our departure out of Afghanistan. And last year, that debacle you and I spoke about uh, after it happened uh, is still providing them propaganda about uh, America's uh, inability to defeat jihad and and the method in which we leave and all of the aspects of uh, how much of a failure that departure was and. I'm not saying that we should have stayed there, but uh, the way we left uh, gave them the narrative instead of leaving in a method over uh, months where we could have handed it over directly, openly, and publicly. But instead, after 9-11, we did the right thing. We went into Afghanistan. We we got them where they were. uh, And uh, ultimately, in 2010, we got bin Laden hiding in our supposed ally in in Pakistan. Uh, But that entire region is still teeming. And you know for the fact that uh, it's teeming with al-Qaeda. And after we departed uh, in, in Kabul itself, you had Zawahiri, uh, who we reportedly uh, were, were able to target with a drone. But here's a guy who uh, we've been looking for. We thought we killed him, I think, five or six different times, and it turned out we didn't. And we were able to get Zawahiri just a few months ago uh, uh, because he was more comfortable being out in the open in Kabul after we left. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, that tells you what type of Afghanistan uh, we left in that departure. Uh, now, the good thing is we had the intelligence to do it. I don't know how long, how much longer that intelligence is going to last without any significant presence there. I'm, I'm not saying we need a, a indefinite presence, but there needs to be some. And uh, ultimately, the jihadists are in the long game. 
we're not in the long game. We really don't have a strategy on how to counter the ideas that that undergird this and root this. And that's what many of us reformists are trying to do, is, is counter the idea of political Islam, jihadism, and uh, whether it's our ally in Turkey, who supposedly is an ally. Uh, yesterday, uh, um, uh, Erdogan is talking about uh, defeating the West and, and working with Russia and other countries. And, you know, yet we, we don't seem to be aware of all of these different machinations of propaganda against what we stand for, which is liberty, uh, you know, freedom, democracy, against theocracy, which is uh, still on the rise for political Islam. Yeah, and Dr. Jasser, we have open borders now. Most I'm, a, I'm aware that most Americans are not even aware of this, with like 4.9 million illegal immigrants coming into the United States over the course of uh, the Biden uh, presidency. And uh, with absolutely no research into who these people are, I have to imagine that jihadists are very aware of this open border and want to take advantage of the opportunity. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you think, if you look at a million people that have come across the border in just the last year, if not two million, I guarantee you that if we're not, we don't even know who they are, uh, within them are Hezbollah, which is a Shia radical terrorist group affiliated with Iran. Within them are uh, going to be uh, ISIS supporters, jihadists, and others. And, uh, you know, if you don't believe that, uh, look at what happened in Europe. Europe had millions of refugees. Uh, statistics showed that uh, of uh, the uh, uh, refugees that came out of Syria and others, as much as uh, there was significant human rights um, uh, problems that were happening under the Assad tyranny, the bottom line is 10 to 15 to 20 percent of uh, those that were coming into Europe had some sympathy for ISIS and some sympathy for radical Islamists. So, you know, there has to be a vetting mechanism. You have to know not only who they are, but why they're coming in, if they're coming for truly for asylum and, and freedom, or if they're coming actually because they're evangelically in the Islamist perspective trying to spread uh, their caliphism, their caliphate, and they want to defeat the West. I mean, look just last uh, uh, two, three, four weeks ago, the assassination attempt on Salman Rushdie. Here's a guy who had a fatwa, a religious ruling against him back in uh, 1988 by Khomeini, and uh, ultimately had a $3 million bounty on him and for years lived in hiding. And uh, unfortunately, uh, we got complacent with that. And uh, a, a devotee of the Iranian Republican Guard Corps, devotee of the Shia Islamist regime in, in Tehran, uh, out of uh, the New York area, attacked him with a knife and stabbed him seven, eight times. Uh, I, you know, we're praying for him. I think uh, Rushdie is uh, uh, still uh, improving and doing well. But the bottom line is, is that uh, this this was an event that even had a couple police there, and and yet nobody really. How much of a story has this been? It almost yeah. is a focal point of the fact that they're trying to prevent free speech. They're trying to prevent criticism of jihad, and no. We, we leave our borders open, and we we don't fight the the battle in the center of the ideas. You know, and that's and it underscores the the other thing too, which is you go back to eighty eight. I mean, this has been a long time. There are no time boundaries on uh, these fatmas and the other things that are going on with their, their these uh, jihadists are very patient. They wait for the right opportunity, don't they? And that's yeah, absolutely. And the way they work is uh, they just sort of. Uh, you know, the, Iran's response to this was, oh, well, he's not working for us. This isn't one of our guys. Uh, but, you know, by the way, Rushdie had it coming. That's what he said two, three weeks ago. Mm. And President Biden, in response to what happened to Salman Rushdie, made the statement. He said, Rushdie's a hero. He was very complimentary of Rushdie, but not one word about Iran, not one word about the Islamists, not one word about the ideology, as if somehow Rushdie was attacked in a vacuum. And, and uh, there was no problem, no uh, cancer that was causing this. Why? Biden is, is trying to sign a, a, a corrupt uh, Iran deal uh, with the, the nuclear program of Iran, and uh, ultimately uh, our appeasement seems to take a front seat to the reality of, of us uh, standing against the ideology of radical Islam. So yes, they wait, they wait forever because they know we're not going to last long. We're on a four-year election cycle, if not two-year. And, uh, you know, ultimately... We have to have a strategy just like we did in the Cold War. During the Cold War, we used to vet immigrants and people coming in for communism and, and uh, uh, adherence to 
ideology of the Soviets, and now we need to do, we should have been doing this since 9-11, as I've testified to Congress multiple times, is we should be vetting against the ideology that's radicalizing uh, many of these individuals, because, you know, Iran can say they had nothing to do with it, but bottom line, that's how jihadists work. They just sort of plant the ideas globally and say, this guy's an enemy of Islam, and then, oh, we have nothing to do with all the hundreds and thousands of Muslims that decide to uh, become part of the jihad. Well, and uh, isn't that just part of the, uh, the whole jihadist belief system is that lie to the infidels, uh, you know, in other words, you just uh, mislead them, you don't have any respect for the truth when it comes to dealing with uh, with us. Yep, that's the, you know, the whole ideology of, of political Islam and its mechanism. Terrorism is one tactic, and the ideology behind terrorism is that the end justifies the means. So they target, the militants target unarmed civilians and restaurants and malls and elsewhere because that asynchronous warfare, uh, as cowardly as it is, is an end justifying the means. Well, lying to the West, telling them that you're peaceful, telling them that you really don't want a jihad and, and that you don't want a caliphate is part of the ends justifying the means. They they say one thing in English and another thing in Arabic or Pashto or Hindu in whatever language it might be. And at, at the end of the day, it's, it's them biding time, no different than Iran does with their nuclear program, so that then they can ultimately have the means to get it. So it's dissimulation 101 where they will uh, pretend to be one thing, which is what a lot of these programs, whether it's the Georgetown Bridge Initiative, that is a, a Muslim, supposedly Muslim-Christian dialogue, but at the end is a laundering organization for uh, political Islam. And uh, a lot of these dissimulative programs are really trying to just confuse the West into thinking somehow there is such a thing as moderate political Islam, when in fact we need some deep reforms. Absolutely. In fact, I just recall reading this morning that uh, DeSantis has outlawed uh, care uh, here in the state of Florida. I don't know what kind of impact that might have, but I think he, he seems to be de uh, demonstrating some awareness that uh, many politicians don't have. Yeah, and he's got the courage to do that. I remember I testified in 2018 <clears throat> to then-Congressman uh, uh, DeSantis, Chairman DeSantis' uh, hearings on the threat of the Muslim Brotherhood within, and many of us uh, talked about the threat of uh, organizations that are fronts for the Muslim Brotherhood, like the Council on American Islamic Relations, which is a front for Hamas and and other uh, Muslim Brotherhood devotees. And and in Florida, he quickly uh, uh, realized that there had been a couple staffers, I guess, that had recommended care leaders for awards in Florida. And then all of a sudden, like, hold on a second, these are some care folks. And he basically said, no, we're not going to do that. That's absurd. There are better representatives for Muslims in Florida, and uh, it doesn't have to be the Islamist uh, lowest hanging fruit, which are uh, actually uh, a threat to uh, American security. You know, I uh, watched the the third jihad, a documentary that you had developed. It was just so impactful. Is it still available? Absolutely. People can get it uh, online. Just Google the third jihad. Uh, and until today, I mean, we developed that in 2008. Uh, but it really talks about what is, you know, the third jihad movement for Islamists from all the way from Indonesia to America, all over the world, and what they're trying to do and what's some strategy on different fronts that people can use uh, to begin to uh, push back and protect Western freedom and liberty. And as we come, up, as we come now to the uh, 21st anniversary of 9-11, uh, uh, you know, I hope people can look and say, hold on a sec, the, the jihadists are still advancing. What is our strategy? We can walk and chew gum at the same time. We can uh, look at everything that's happening domestically and globally with pandemics and other things and, and still be able to have a strategy against jihad. Again, uh, Dr. Zudi Jasser, the website for American Islamic Forum for Democracy is AIFdemocracy.org, AIFdemocracy.org. And also, uh, just a, a terrific read, uh, get a copy of A Battle for the Soul of Islam by uh, Dr. Zudi Jasser, terrific read, A Battle for the Soul of Islam. Doctor, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Bob. Great to talk to you. You as well. Thank you, Doctor. I first had Dr. Jasser on the show 15 years ago, I believe it was, and uh, we've maintained that relationship ever since. Terrific uh, leader against uh, Islamic Jihad. All right, coming up, Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> 
Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I hope you'll check out the website, thefga.org. We have with us Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston Space Architecture. He's also the author of many books. His latest is a great read, uh, Architectures Beyond Boxes and Boundaries, My Life by Design. He also uh, writes a column for Newsmax.com. It's called On Point. Professor, thank you so much for joining us. Well, good morning, Bob, and thank you Always so a, much for having me on. Always a pleasure, Professor. And your your latest column in Newsmax.com is uh, Biden's demonic rant tars half of America as terrorists. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Maybe you could tell us about it. Well, I think we all, those of us who saw or saw little uh, snippets from the uh, talk that that, uh, Joe Biden gave in Pennsylvania recently uh, were maybe shocked. Uh, Certainly should have been somewhat alarmed because uh, he was very angry and and, uh, the setting couldn't have been more ominous, you know, the here he is in front of Independence Hall in Pennsylvania of a great uh, historic importance. And you know, it's illuminated in kind of a blood red, mm-hmm. kind of a satanic uh, scene. And uh, he's got two Marines standing at attention throughout, kind of militarizing the thing. And, and he made, you know, basically branded 74 million uh conservative voters as as uh, enemies of the state, you know, it was a very angry uh, talk, and, and you kind of wonder why would why would he further alienate uh, so many uh, Republicans uh, coming into, of course, the midterms two months from now, and then uh, that's going to ramp up to the 2024 elections, so it was Rather a bizarre moment, and I think uh, not not a very bright one for our country. I certainly agree with that. And uh, the optics were ridiculous. I mean, in his his anger, his disdain for the for uh, what he called uh, the MAGA movement or whatever it might be. He tried to, he tried to walk it back afterwards, apparently. But uh, the whole setting it was almost bizarre. I would call it uh, creepy. Is what it will you know? It, to me, it just appeared totally creepy. Well, it was. You, you wonder what. What was on their mind? Uh, 
FDR gave a gave a talk like that. You know, they they, they I think propped him up to think he was going to be the next great FDR. And when FDR was uh, ending his term, um, he, he gave a talk that uh, he embraced those who hate him and and welcomed their hate and so on. And it's just, uh, but you know. Some of the things he said were, were quite remarkable. He talked about make America great again, you know, the mega uh, movement of, of of Trump. And he said that they uh, want to take the country backwards, and that's kind of a joke. Uh, he said he said it's a backwards to where there's no right to choose, no right to privacy, no right to contraception, no right to marry the one you love. Oh. Who in the world is 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 he talking about? <laughs> uh, not anyone I know, and on and on. So it was uh, it was a pretty uh, pretty scary moment, you know. When we see <clears throat> this is happening at a time, but he's talking about you know the uh, again making enemies of the state out of half the country at a time with we have the. Mar-a-Lago raid, and we have the and their weaponization of the IRS, all these 87,000 new IRS agents and, and everything else. Uh, it's, uh, it's It doesn't bode well for us. No, it doesn't. And uh, all the things that he was saying about us, the, what I would call just blatant lies, everything from January 6th to uh, being an insurrection and so forth. I mean, these are the things that, that it, it, he actually describes the behavior of of his administration and the left while he's making the accusations. You know, I was a uh, MC for Trump uh, rally just before he was elected in 2016. I believe it was in October. And uh, what I recall is the joy and happiness of the people who attended the rally. There was no negativism. There was no uh, anger. It was all joy because uh, we were uh, celebrating the fact that here's a guy that's going to bring the country back to its citizens. He's going to return, uh, uh, get rid of the power of the elite, get rid of the deep state, and bring America back to the people. And that's a, just a moment of everybody celebrating and being happy. Where's all this, this talk about violence and extremism? Where's that coming from? Well, they they branded him as as a uniter, and he campaigned on that, and it was, we certainly saw no evidence of that. And like you say, I think Trump, uh, you know, Trump offended a lot of people because he was, you know, he he wasn't very polite to a lot of people, but people really supported his policies, and I don't think any of us doubted his, uh, you know, his integrity in terms of really loving the country and so on and uh and and, and, the, and the policies uh, you know biden i never i never taken him very seriously other than as what he represents because you know he's he's never been a truthful guy mm-hmm. he's never been a, an achiever he, nobody can point to really anything he's ever achieved in his half century of uh, you know being involved with government uh you know, it's alarming to see what's happened in terms of his his family business, and most particularly dealing with foreign entities and and uh, getting all the evidence of kickbacks and 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 profiteering from from this. I mean, everything everything imaginable. That the guy never campaigned, and yet they got him in. So I think it says more about what's happening in the country than Joe Biden. I think we can't give him too much importance other than as a product mm-hmm. of the changes we've been seeing within the FBI, you know, the DOJ and the FBI and the deep state and the EPA and all these other weaponized agencies that are supposed to be representing us. Uh, you know, I, I see Joe Biden as a product of that uh, I, I see him as is somewhat of a cardboard character who who uh, will say anything do anything and, and uh, his only real relevance is the fact that that he's demonstrated that there are people that control this government that are hidden behind the you know behind the curtains that are uh, 
very worrisome. Absolutely. Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston. Again, I encourage you to take a look at his latest book, Architectures Beyond Boxes and Boundaries, My Life by Design. Also, go to Newsmax.com and check out his columns uh, on On Point is the name of the column. Professor, I always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. And Bob, I enjoyed it so much. Thank you. My pleasure indeed. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. We've got great guests lined up for Monday's show. Oh, yeah. If uh, you have any comments, you can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>